Blog Talk Radio. Stay tuned. Deliverance is next. Parental discretion is advised. Live worldwide. Deliverance with your host, Jay Bartlett. For the next half hour, Jay will be exploring the unknown, the strange, the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience deliverance. seven sacraments of the Holy Church. There's seven. Beautiful. Holy. Sacred. Sacraments. That the universal body of Christ embraces. That hold dear to their very hearts. I hold these seven sacraments dear to my heart. And they're powerful weapons, my friends. Powerful weapons against the enemy. In the war that we have against the devil and his demons, we can utilize these sacraments to push back, to restrain, to drive out the enemy. They're that powerful. The sacraments are just simply ceremonies or holy events. That are, that are filled with the presence of Jesus Christ, His holiness, His blessings, His power, His goodness, His love, His mercy, His grace. They simply point to that which is sacred, significant, and important to us, His disciples. They're very special occasions, holy occasions, whereby we can experience God's Unmerited favor. They're sacred. They're significant. And they're important. You need to embrace the sacraments. You need to participate in the sacraments. You need to utilize the sacraments. For the sacraments have been instituted by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And the sacraments can be used as powerful spiritual weapons to drive out, to restrain, to push back The demons of hell that seek your very soul, my friends. I have found in the Protestant church, by and large, there are exceptions, but by and large, there is no mention or or very little mention of the seven sacraments. Many within within the Protestant body do not even embrace most of the sacraments. Do not find any significance in the sacraments, and that's a and that's a travesty, my friends, because the seven sacraments are for you and I. They're Christocentric. They're centered in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're biblically rooted. We've been doing a series on the seven sacraments, the power of the sacraments, in particular in the context of spiritual warfare in 
the right of exorcism. Tonight we're going to continue this discussion on the sacraments, the power of the sacraments, on tonight's edition of Deliverance. I'm Jay Bartlett, and I'll be here for the next half hour exploring the unknown, the strange, and the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience Deliverance, my friend. <laughs> Preaching the gospel or even being a believer in Iraq is costly. Reports received by the Voice of the Martyrs show that in recent weeks, attacks by Muslim extremists against believers have reached alarming levels. A Syrian international news agency and cable news network reported that on November 22nd, three believers were killed in Mosul. Despite increased attacks, believers remain courageous and steadfast in their faith. Assailants entered a shop owned by two Christian brothers, Sadhana and Wadhana, and shot them. Wad was killed instantly and Saad succumbed to his injuries a few hours later. In an unrelated incident, later in the day, police found an elderly Christian woman strangled in her Mosul home. Ask God to comfort those mourning the loss of these believers. Ask God to bring His peace to Iraq. To learn what it means to serve God in Iraq and many other restricted countries, subscribe to the Voice of the Martyrs free monthly newsletter at 875-VOICE. That's 875-V-O-I-C-E. Call 875-VOICE. The Voice of the Martyrs is a Christian nonprofit organization. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with another story of a Jesus freak from the Voice of the Martyrs. In 1945, most Romanians ran from the Russian tanks rolling into their villages. Richard and Sabina Wormbrand handed gospel booklets to the tank commanders. Having spent more than 14 years in prison, Wormbrand would later testify to the U.S. Senate about brutalities suffered under communism, even taking off his shirt to reveal 18 deep torture wounds. Richard Wormbrand, founder of The Voice of the Martyrs, once said, As the communist atheists allowed no place for Jesus in their hearts, I decided I would leave not the smallest place for Satan in mine. For more on his life and legacy... Go online to persecution.com. In Azerbaijan, being a Christian and a bold witness for Christ can be costly. Forum 18 News reported that on October 31st, police raided a Christian festival and detained four believers in the town of Kusar, Azerbaijan. Eighty members of a Baptist church were gathered at a believer's home for a celebration thanking God for the harvest. When police arrived... They turned off the gas and electricity in order to prevent the believers from preparing their meal. Police also photographed and videotaped the service and recorded the names of those present. Despite the government crackdown, believers in Azerbaijan remained faithful to Christ. To learn how you can pray for and help persecuted Christians, subscribe to the Voice of the Martyrs free monthly newsletter. Call 875-VOICE. That's 875-V-O-I-C-E. Support persecuted believers by calling 875-VOICE. The Voice of the Martyrs is a Christian nonprofit organization. Church, my friends, believes 
and confesses that among the seven sacraments, there is one especially intended to strengthen those who are being tried, being tested, being afflicted by illness. The sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Now, the sacred sacrament, the sacred anointing of the sick was instituted by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's alluded to, indeed, by the Apostle Mark. You'll find, if you turn with me, let's read it together in in the Gospel of Mark. I have the New Testament in front of me here today. If you look in Mark 6, I believe it's chapter 6, and I believe it's verse 7. Bear with me as I turn to it. Uh, Here it is. If you look with me at verse 12. They went out, referring to the disciples, the apostles, and they preached that people should repent. Verse 13. I'm looking at the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. They utilized oil as they anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. From ancient times, In the liturgical traditions of both the East and the West, my friends, there is an abundance of testimonies to the practice of anointing of the sick, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick with blessed oil. Now, it's true over the centuries, the anointing of the sick was was conferred more, in a sense, and more exclusively on those at the point of death. But the fact is, the sacrament of the sick... For the sick is still active. It's a sacrament that the church embraces. It's a sacrament by which we invite all people to come to the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ to experience healing, to experience wholeness, to experience restoration. To experience supernatural repairing of the body and the soul. For let's not forget that the anointing of the sick, the sacrament, to bring forth healing is not only for those sick in the body. Yes, we believe in the physical healing of Jesus Christ. But we also believe in the spiritual, the soulish healing of the broken heart. And many hearts are broken. And they need healing. We need to administer the sacrament. Remember, it's just a holy event by which we convey the love and the mercy and the goodness and the grace and the power of God to those afflicted. Jesus Christ gave the command to heal the sick. And the universal church has received this charge from the Lord Jesus And we strive to carry it out by taking care of the sick. 
by providing a means for them to be healed. We believe that the body of Christ has a commission, and that is to bring forth healing, the power of healing to those afflicted with infirmities. Like all the sacraments, my friends, the anointing of the sick is a liturgical celebration. And it's very fitting to celebrate it within the Eucharist. If you've attended any of my meetings throughout the world, you'll find that I invite people to the Holy Communion table, to the Eucharist, to experience the Lord's Supper, however you want to call it, the, the meal of Thanksgiving, by which we celebrate the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we celebrate and participate in the life of Jesus by partaking of his very body and of his very blood. Then upon the Holy Communion, after partaking of the Holy Communion, we, we find it very fitting to celebrate the sacrament of anointing the sick, the demonized. And we have discovered there's inherent power by involving the sacrament of anointing the sick Celebrating it in combination with the Eucharist. We believe the church, the body of the living Christ, has a special place in the world in relation to the sick. The Apostle James writes, Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders. Of the church, of the church, and let them pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. The church, and throughout church history, tradition within Christendom has recognized this sacrament as one of of the primary seven sacraments of the universal body of Christ. And it should be observed, and it should be respected, and it should be celebrated. It's to be given to those who are seriously ill by anointing them on the forehead with holy oil. with total faith and belief that God will raise the sick person up into health, into wholeness, into healing, into the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Just recently, my friends, <clears throat> I was in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area in a home meeting. After partaking of the Holy Communion, I read from the scriptures from the book of Esther, where it states this. 
On the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, the edict was commanded by the king was to be carried out. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them. But now the tables were churned, and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. The Jews assembled in their cities and all the provinces of King Xerxes to attack those determined to destroy them. No one could stand against them because the people of all of all the other nationalities were afraid of them. Well, I told the lady that I was ministering to in this whole meeting, I told Michelle that her enemies, as in the days of Esther, had hoped to overpower her with very kinds of strong satanic attacks, but that God's child will get the tables turned and will obtain an upper hand over those who hated her, the demonic spirits that was. And let me tell you, my friends, the word came to pass on this very late, cold night in Michigan. For you must understand, Michelle had been through years of various kinds of therapy to treat the cancer. That the doctors told her she had, in reality, though, she didn't have cancer. She had demons of cancer. The evil spirits even laughed how they used the doctors to speak lies to her. To make her believe that she had cancer. Has has somebody told you that you had cancer? You have leukemia? That you have multiple sclerosis? That you have Lou Gehrig's? That you have AIDS? That you have trans, sexually transmitted diseases of all sorts? That you have leprosy? That you have malaria? I can go on and on and on. You get the point. Who has spoken into your life that you're sick, that you're diseased, that you're afflicted? I'm not against the medical profession. They're good doctors. Doctors are needed. I believe in the work of the hospitals throughout the world. They're doing wonderful, tremendous work impacting so many Millions of people, relieving people of pain and suffering. But just as there's bad mechanics and bad teachers and bad police officers and bad architects and bad attorneys, there's bad doctors. There's doctors being used by the powers of evil. And perhaps you have encountered a doctor that has spoken an illness over you and perhaps you have received it. Receive the very words they have spoken, that you have multiple sclerosis, that you have leukemia, that you have cancer of some sort. Did you know that demons can speak to a doctor? To give you a word in order for you to believe them? Thus giving them the right to take a hold of you and to devour you with that sickness that you just believed that you had. When, when in reality you didn't have it. But the demons made you believe that you had, and you trusted the doctor. And that opened the gateway for you to be inhabited, to be invaded by the sickness, by the infirmity, by the affliction. You need to be careful. You need to be discerning, be on guard, test what is being spoken. Test it. Psalms 103. 
God heals us of all of our diseases. We need to turn to God. First and foremost, too often we turn to alternative methods to bring healing to our bodies and souls. I'm not against medication. I'm not against doctors, per se. I'm just calling people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to Jesus Christ. You'll find miraculous healing, provision, and power. Michelle had demons of cancer. The evil spirits even laughed. They laughed that night, that cold, cold night in Michigan, how they had used the doctors to speak lies to her, to make her believe she had cancer. After years of chemotherapy, the demons remained and waited for an opportune time to afflict her with another kind of sickness or disease. These demonic spirits were determined to destroy her. They're determined to destroy you, my friends. They're seeking to destroy your family, your children, your grandchildren with some kind of sickness, infirmity. That is why the sacrament of the anointing of the sick is needed. We need this sacrament, and the church needs to be functioning in this sacrament. Now, again, I'm not only speaking of healing. It's like a double-sided coin. Healing and deliverance go hand in hand. When you're bringing the ministry of healing, you're bringing the ministry of deliverance. For you're confronting the powers of darkness that are attempting to destroy through some sickness, through some infirmity, through some affliction. And in the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, there's exorcism. The exorcism right should be involved. The deliverance ministry should be involved. The casting out of evil spirits should be involved in the authority and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have seen that, especially in the West, and I'm speaking of Europe and Australia, Canada, America, many other Western nations of the world, where there's great unbelief, lack of faith when it comes to the miraculous, there's a tendency not to turn to the sacraments within the body of Christ, within the universal church. Thus, their healing, thus their miracle is not bestowed upon their lives, for they have not trusted God, but they have trusted man to bring healing. So after years, Michelle, of, of, of chemotherapy, the demons remained and waited and waited and waited to her afflicted with more sicknesses and diseases. The spirits were determined to destroy her. They spoke to me that night. We have been here for more than 1,500 years as her great, 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 great grandfather participated in sexual immorality they had sex with devil idols they committed adultery they practiced paganism we are here to stay we are here to bring the cancer and the pain the devil spirit boasted me in all these many generations nobody came into their lives to drive us out so we stayed for more than a thousand years my friends these devils these demons have remained in the bloodline from generation to generation to generation to generation without anyone coming along to confront these generational powers of darkness. So one wonders, where was the church all these generations? 
Why wasn't the church offering the sacrament of the anointing of the sick? Why didn't anybody come along and anointed this person in the authority and the power of Jesus Christ and drive out the demons of sickness? Surely someone, someone, at some point, could have intervened with someone down through the generations and offered some kind of healing and deliverance, deliverance from the demons. Could have someone in 1,500 years, someone intervene? But the demons said, nobody. Nobody came into their lives to drive us out, so we stayed. Do you think demons are gracious beings, my friends? you think they'll just walk out? No. Don't be deceived, my friends. Do not be deceived. They have to be driven out. And they have to be driven out in the authority of Jesus Christ. Where is the church? No wonder we have mass demonization in this country. No wonder millions upon millions, tens of millions, have evil spirits numbering in the hundreds and the thousands and the tens of thousands and the hundreds of thousands, and in some cases millions of evil spirits. Because from generation to generation, to generation, to generation, no one comes along to confront these generational powers of darkness. Surely someone could have could have intervened at some point, you would think, right? And offered deliverance, offered this powerful sacrament that brings healing that's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my Lord. Well, I'm here. And in my hand is the power of the cross. I hold the cross. I hold the crucifix. And in, in the spiritual realm, I point this cross. I point this crucifix to you, my friend. And in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, Though I cannot be with you physically, I'm with you in the spirit realm. And I anoint you in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. And I command every evil spirit to leave you. Now, in Jesus' name, I command that cancer to let go. I command that leukemia to lift off of you. I command every sexually transmitted disease to go. I command every strange tropical disease you may may be afflicted with to go in the authority of Jesus Christ. I command every sickness, every spirit of death, every spirit of dementia, Alzheimer's, madness, insanity to lift off you in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I command you to be free, to be healed in the authority by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Some of you being healed right now. Pains are being released. Diseases are vanishing. Tumors dissolve in the authority of Jesus Christ. Many people are feeling the power of God in their lives at this very moment. You're being healed by Jesus. Jesus, the cross, brings healing. There's so much I want to share tonight with you regarding the healing power. Of the Lord Jesus Christ is found in the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. 
in this deliverance on this one cold night in Michigan, I utilized holy oil throughout the night. And the holy oil brought great, great power and victory in this woman, Michelle. It works. And I invite you to stay around. Don't go anywhere. And I continue to share with you the power of the sacraments. I'll be right back after this brief intermission. up this is michael tate with a reminder for all jesus freaks from the voice of the martyrs it's easy to dismiss computer-based social networking as a waste of time and resources but like other media advancements throughout history ministries including the voice of the martyrs are seeing value in staying connected via facebook and twitter accounts and hosting online discussion groups for example Members of the Be A Voice Network are sharing prayer requests, reporting on conferences, and providing updates on persecuted believers from around the world. Are you plugged in? Got a story, prayer request, or burden to share? Your entry point is persecution.com. Took away my chains 
Stay tuned. Deliverance is next. Parental discretion is advised. Live worldwide. Deliverance with your host, Jay Bartlett. For the next half hour, Jay will be exploring the unknown, the strange, the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience deliverance. Embraces worldwide, it's the baptism. It's the Eucharist, also commonly known as the Holy Communion. The sacrament of reconciliation, or commonly known as penance or or, conf, or confirmation. Then there's the sacrament of confirmation, marriage, holy orders, and anointing of the second. Tonight we've been discussing the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. It was formerly known as the last rites or extreme unction. It's a holy sacrament, a sacred event by which the church brings forth healing. Not only physical healing, but also for mental and spiritual sickness. And as I mentioned in the first segment of the broadcast, in this presentation this evening, the anointing of the sick, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick is just one aspect. The ministry of exorcism, the ministry of deliverance is intermingled in this sacrament. Now perhaps you're more in line with the Protestant church or the Protestant element of the body of Christ, you may be unfamiliar with these sacraments. You may be aware of the baptism, obviously, and marriage, holy matrimony, but you're unfamiliar with holy orders. You're unfamiliar with the a Eucharist and the deeper mysteries of the Eucharist. You're unfamiliar with the sacrament of reconciliation and confirmation. You ought not to be because these are Christocentric sacraments that are centered in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's be let's be real, my friends. Baptism is found throughout the scriptures in the New Testament. The Holy Eucharist. Just look at just look at First Corinthians eleven. There's large segments of the chapter that's Devoted and dedicated. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, Jesus speaks of of the Eucharist. Do we not believe in the anointing of the sick? You see that it's a practice that has been carried throughout the church, throughout the years, throughout church history. as As I read from Mark, chapter 6, If you look at verse 12, you'll see that the apostles, the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
utilized holy oil in the sacrament of bringing healing to individuals. They went out, it says in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 12, they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Again, you'll find, for an example, just in this passage alone, the combination of healing and deliverance. They drove out many demons, and there was a combination anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Where there's healing, there is deliverance. Where there's deliverance, there's healing. They go hand in hand. And it ought to be an integral part of the church life. Wherever you may attend church, within the institutional church, in the underground church, irregardless, the body of Christ, wherever they may be found, should be embracing the seven sacraments, for the seven sacraments are seven spiritual weapons, my friends. I believe Satan has deceived. I believe Satan has blinded many believers. I think it's just simply a Catholic idea. Of course there's a Catholic idea. The Catholics embrace it because they find it in the Word of God. They find it throughout church history and sacred tradition. Don't be afraid of the sacraments. Literally, the word means a sign of the sacred. You know, the seven sacraments are just simply holy events, sacred events that point to that which is very holy, very sacred, significant, and important for disciples around the world. They're special occasions for experiencing God's power, His love, His joy, His peace, His grace, His mercy, His goodness. His glory. You need to learn about the sacraments. You need to celebrate them more fully. And I'm I'm hoping that these broadcasts, these live global presentations will shed some light. I wish I had more time to delve deeper into the sac- sacraments. But I'm hoping just to at least cause you to hunger, to thirst a little bit, to find out more about the sacraments and the significance they have that they play in the life of the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're a disciple. You should learn about the seven sacraments. There's seven. There's seven sacraments. There's baptism, Eucharist, reconciliation, commonly known as penance. There's confirmation. There's marriage or holy matrimony the sacrament of holy orders, and the anointing of the sick. These are spiritual weapons. You need to be aware of them. And I want to share a little bit of insight, in particular, into the sacrament of the anointing of the sick in relation to the ministry of exorcism. On tonight's edition of Deliverance, I'm Jay Bartlett. I'll be here for the next half hour exploring the unknown, the stranger, the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience deliverance. In Azerbaijan, being a Christian and a bold witness for Christ can be costly. Forum 18 News reported that on October 31st, police raided a Christian festival and detained four believers in the town of Kusar, Azerbaijan. 
80 members of a Baptist church were gathered in a believer's home for a celebration thanking God for the harvest. When police arrived, they turned off the gas and electricity in order to prevent the believers from preparing their meal. Police also photographed and videotaped the service and recorded the names of those present. Despite the government crackdown, believers in Azerbaijan remained faithful to Christ. To learn how you can pray for and help persecuted Christians, subscribe to the Voice of the Martyrs free monthly newsletter. Call 875-VOICE. That's 875-V-O-I-C-E. Support persecuted believers by calling 875-VOICE. The Voice of the Martyrs is a Christian nonprofit organization. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the Jesus Freak Salute from The Voice of the Martyrs. After World War II, the border between Ukraine and Romania is heavily guarded for two reasons. To keep Ukrainians in and keep Bibles out. One winter night, Soviet guards spot four fresh sets of footprints in the snow heading toward the freedom of Romania and Western Europe. The guards hastily follow the tracks further and further away from the four Christians who had left those footprints. You see, the four men weren't escaping the Ukraine. They were Romanian missionaries carrying Bibles into the Ukraine. They had walked backwards across the border, leaving boot prints that led the Soviet guards the opposite direction. For more tales of creative outreach, go online to persecution.com. I referred to Michelle in my encounter, inviting her to this, into the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, by which she received deliverance and healing. It was a very cold, cold night in Michigan. And during a exorcism with her, we discovered there were demons that had traveled back some 1,500 years through the bloodline because of her ancestors that practiced sexual immorality, had sex with devil idols, they committed adultery, they practiced paganism. And because she had believed a doctor, a doctor that was demonized, that told her that she had cancer, she believed the doctor, and she received the spirit of cancer. She didn't have cancer. She had demons of cancer, yet she believed their lies, and she found herself terribly afflicted by the sickness and by the disease and by the infirmity. The demons were determined to destroy her. We intervened, and during the night, we encountered many, many demons, many demons that have been traveling through the bloodline for a thousand years, from generation to generation to generation, but we battled these demons in the power of Jesus Christ, utilizing the sacred oil, anointing the sick. She was sick. We anointed her with holy oil. And God, who's rich in mercy and love towards Michelle, brought brought her to me so I could intervene. And for hours I battled many evil spirits within this woman, Lucifer spirits, devil spirits, 
a spirit called Judas, Christopher, Death, Jezebel, and many others. They all boasted and laughed how they had been systematically dismantling her life, primarily physically with various kinds of cancers and pains. This precious woman was vexed with incredible pains. What she needed was the sacrament of the anointing of the Holy of holy oil. The anointing of the sick with holy oil. Like I mentioned, where there's a need for healing, there's a need for deliverance. And during the exorcism, they go hand in hand, my friends. And during the exorcism, we discover there were numerous mind-controlling mechanisms that were in place within her soul nature. They were there to ensure she would believe lies about herself. These were removed. How? By the presence and by the realization of holy sacred oil. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. They were removed, and she immediately could think more clearly. We also discovered there were more than seven layers of blindness over her eyes. After removing them, her partial blindness disappeared as I took off her glasses and asked her if she could see me. She said she could. And she was surprised, as normally she could not see that far without her glasses. We also cast out numerous spirits of pain and death. And almost immediately, she testified of feeling zero pain. I think she was more than astonished as she had been in pain throughout her body for a very, very long time with no relief. Jesus healed this woman. And to prove the healing, she did some things she could not normally do. Physical movements that normally resulted in intense pain. She moved around and she testified, no pain. Jesus supernaturally healed this woman of cancer, of pain, of blindness, and various other infirmities. These demons had brought, that had brought into her life, and because she was willing and humble in heart, we proceeded in ministry, resulting in a powerful deliverance and healing. And I should also add that Jesus healed numerous parts of her broken heart. The 1,500-year curse, satanic curse, had been broken, and she was healed from cancer. She was healed from cancer. And let's not get formal about this. I know it sounds formal. I'm just bearing the fact out that these seven sacraments are found in Holy Scripture. The sacrament of anointing of the sick is simply a holy, sacred event by which we bring healing, utilizing usually holy oil in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, by which we heal. We bring forth a miraculous power where we take authority in the authority of Jesus Christ. We take authority over the demon. We take authority over the pain. We take authority over the cancer, the multiple sclerosis, the death, and we command it to leave. And we command the pains, the inner sufferings, the spiritual, soulish diseases within the, the mind, within the soul, the spiritual sicknesses to go. And people are miraculously healed. I've seen thousands of miracles, thousands upon thousands of miracles through the years of people being healed because we believe in the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Now, these are spiritual weapons, my friends. The anointing of the sick is but just one weapon. We have holy orders, which is ordination. We have the, the holy matrimony, confirmation, reconciliation, Eucharist, baptism. 
These are powerful, powerful weapons. Powerful, powerful weapons. And we should allow them to function fully within the body of Christ. Did not James say, is any among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man. And the Lord will raise him up. And, and if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. If, if you find yourself under some kind of sickness, you should call. You should reach out. Reach out to somebody who's a, a disciple, a serious disciple of the Lord, a minister of the gospel, so that you may receive the anointing of the sick. So you may be anointed with holy oil. So you might be healed in the name of Jesus. So you could experience the restoration of health. So you could experience the strengthening of the spirit, peace within your soul, courage to continue to fight against these evil spirits that try to destroy you. For remember, you have victory at the cross. And perhaps you're listening to this broadcast. You're sick. You're terribly ill. Some strange, mysterious infirmity has vexed your body. Perhaps you're spiritually, soul in the soul sick. You want some release. You want relief. I invite you to email me, j at jbartlett.org, so I can pray for you. And even more importantly than that, I would like to invite you to come to one of our meetings that we hold throughout the world so we can anoint you, so you may be found well. This Saturday, December the 1st at 10 a.m. in the Newark, New York City area at the Hampton Inn, New York, Newark, boardroom meeting hall, 1128 Spring Street in Elizabeth, New Jersey, only just minutes from Manhattan. We're holding a public deliverance mission. It begins at 10 a.m. Now, the teaching schedule is such. 10 a.m. to 12 noon, a study of spiritual weapons, angels, sacred oil, swords, and holy water. From 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., a study of the doorways to demons. We'll be discussing bloodletting, curses, the occult, trauma, and many other doorways that lead to evil spirits. And at 5 p.m., a public deliverance service. That's this Saturday, December the 1st, 10 a.m., Hampton Inn, Newark Airport. 1128 Spring Street, Elizabeth, New Jersey, minutes from Manhattan. Then Sunday, December the 2nd, at 5 p.m. in Vancouver, beautiful Vancouver, one of my favorite places to visit in all the world, in British Columbia. Hampton Inn and Suites, downtown Vancouver, Point Grey Meeting Hall, 111 Robson Street, and beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. That service will start at 5 p.m. We want to pray for you. So you might be set free by the power of Jesus Christ. The Wednesday, December the 5th, at 7 p.m. in Honolulu, Hawaii, at the Double Tree, 
will also be conducting another deliverance service. Then Saturday and Sunday, December the 8th and 9th, I'll be in Perth, Australia. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to being back with all my friends there in the great nation of Australia at the Light Pavilion, Unit 3, 108 Welshpool Road, Welshpool, Western Australia in Perth. First Saturday session will begin at 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. The second Saturday session will begin at 3 p.m. and will last 6 p.m. and we will go deep into the night to minister to you. Sunday service, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And we have some other meetings being organized as I speak. But again, this Saturday, make the plans to be at Elizabeth, New Jersey, in the Newark, New York City area, at the Hampton Inn, Newark Airport, Boardroom Meeting Hall, 1128 Spring Street, Elizabeth, New Jersey. That's just outside of Manhattan, just minutes away. Be there so I can help you, so I can pray for you in the authority of Jesus Christ and believe for your healing and deliverance. Now, perhaps you're listening to this broadcast and you would like to experience the sacrament that I've been speaking of, in particular the sacrament and anointing of the sick, which essentially consists of a couple elements, the anointing of the forehead, and sometimes other parts of the body, as you find in the Orthodox Church, for example. You'll find that the anointing being accompanied by a liturgical prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, asking for the healing power of Jesus Christ to rest upon you, and, and an element of exorcism where we by confront and interrogate the demons that are that are afflicting you, driving them out so you can be, experience full healing. Not service healing, but full healing. But the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Get to one of these meetings. Now perhaps you cannot get to a meeting. You're listening to this broadcast. You're sick. You need the anointing right now. While well, I hold in my hands the power of the cross. I may not be able to physically touch you, but in the spirit realm, I'm going to anoint you. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. This man, this woman will be healed. And I would invite you, first and foremost, if you've never experienced the power of the new birth, I want you to confess Jesus Christ as Lord. I want you to say, Jesus, save me. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. I believe in your death. I believe in your resurrection power. I repent and renounce Satan, the sins of the flesh, and I follow you, Jesus, for the rest of my life. Now, I command every sickness and disease to go, to be dissolved in your life, that tumor to leave in Jesus' name. I, I come against those lies that have been spoken to you by doctors. Those in the medical profession say you cannot receive it. It's irreversible. Well, God is a God that is a living God. Nothing's impossible for him. In the authority of Jesus, I come against the sickness and the disease and the infirmity. I command it to go. Now, in the authority of Jesus, by the blood of the cross, go in the authority of Jesus. Be healed, my friend, in Jesus' name. I'd love to hear from you tonight. That's j at jbartlett.org. J-Y at jbartlett.org. I bless you. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit.
Amen. Holy name. 